0: It's Thoughtful Thursday. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of upmyinfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality, Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on the thoughtful entrepreneur. So let's go.
1: You have this person who has a ready-made audience, who has an expertise in something, who's going to shoot it exactly the way you want them to, because that's why you hired them. And it's for your target audience. That's why it's so effective. You know, you're renting the audience effectively, but you're also not paying them to produce content. They're already producing content. That's why people don't realize. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Suzanne Yi,
2: marketing expert and pioneer in the field of social media and influencer marketing. Susanna is the founder of Digital Everything Consulting and creator of the Influencer Marketing Roadmap course. She helps companies and brands learn how to create effective strategy-driven influencer marketing campaigns. Susanna was featured in 2011 as a social media marketing pioneer on the eHow Shift 100 mentioned in Bloomberg. Her team created the Guess Jeans Pinterest campaign that was named one of the five interesting Pinterest marketing campaigns by Mashable and Yahoo. Welcome to the show, Susanna. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, you are into influencer marketing, and that's a buzzword that that you'll hear thrown around and about. And sometimes, like, okay, well, I think I'm supposed to be doing influencer marketing, but what the heck is it, and how do I do it? So, give us a little bit of background on what influencer marketing is.
1: Influencer marketing has actually been around for a long time, it's just been called other things. The first influencers are obviously celebrities and uh, socialites, things like that. And recently, I think they're calling them influencers only because they're not socialites a lot of times and they're not celebrities, but they are influential in their own fields, meaning they could be an influential fashion person or a doctor or a media person or possibly an athlete or even like a holistic nutritionist, but they're influential in their field. And they most often have a platform that they're using to talk about their expertise, and that's what makes them an influencer.
2: Now, how did you get so interested in working with influencer marketing?
1: It really started a long time ago when I started in marketing and digital marketing in that world. I started in business development actually in about 2000, working for startups and just loved everything about the internet and then uh, slowly grew on the uh, you know in my personal life and in professional life on the inter- doing things on the internet so for example in my personal life i had an ebay store where i became a power seller so i just loved that internet world and being an entrepreneur and then um i started my own blog because everybody kept asking me where i bought things on sale so i got tired of sending emails to like three friends i just wrote it on a blog and then i got a following and then in work i became very interested in the um people aspect of the internet, meaning I really liked sales and marketing, but I really liked social media marketing. So I started to really concentrate on digital marketing in the social media space. And then from there, I started my own social media marketing agency. But at the same time, my blog sort of took off and I became somebody who people were interested in listening to as a blogger and so, um, brands started calling on me and asking me to go to New York and sit in on things like Condé Nast invited me to a Dior lipstick launch in the Condé Nast building in New York. Brands like Kate Spade would come to town to LA and say, you know, we want to do a dinner. Can you invite some people? And we're thinking of some tastemakers, would you invite them? And then I started realizing like I was doing that work and it was becoming like, bloggers being influential. And then that was really the early days. So I started offering it to my own clients and social media marketing as sort of a side thing. And um, one of our first campaigns that went viral was a guest campaign in 2012, um, which is a colored denim campaign. We worked with four different bloggers and it went viral and Mashable actually picked it up and wrote it up as one of the top five Pinterest campaigns that year in 2012. And um, it was written up on Yahoo in a lot of places. And 2011, I was voted a uh, social media pioneer uh, by eHow. The thing is, it kind of like all converged, you know, it was like my hobby and my love of what I did, kind of converged with my love for what I did for work, which is social media marketing and what I did for brands. And then I started offering it to them. And then it kind of just all came together. That's kind of what happened.
2: Fantastic. And it sounds like you are an influencer and, and people were reaching out to you. Hey, can you get these people along? So you were on the other side of the influencer marketing, not just coordinating it, but being the influencer who is connected.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, lucky I got to see both sides of the business. So I really understood where people were coming from in terms of a brand side. So I knew how to work with influencers, but I also knew what influencers were thinking and feeling on that side. So. Anytime I work with a brand, even now, doing deals and negotiating with them, I always try to be fair because I know what the other side is like with brands. A lot of times it's just the bottom line. They're not thinking about people, but it's a people business.
2: Right. So how is influencer marketing effective?
1: How does this work? Why does it work, I guess, is a better question. You know, I think people don't see how much work these influencers do to create content for the companies. And that content would cost a company a lot more money to produce on their own. Think about if a a company wanted to produce the same type of content, they'd have to go hire a model or a person, right? They'd have to go hire a copywriter to write the copy. They'd have to hire somebody to shoot the product and the person, you know, they'd have to figure out how they're going to find that group of people that the influencer is influencing and sell to them. And talk about the product. So you have this person who has a ready-made audience, who has an expertise in something, who's going to shoot it exactly the way you want them to, because that's why you hired them, and it's for your target audience. That's why it's so effective. You know, you're renting the audience effectively, but you're also not paying them to produce content. They're already producing content. That's why people don't realize, and it's and they spend a lot of time producing content for you when you pay them for a campaign. They spend hours and hours shooting it, writing the blog posts. Posting it everywhere and making sure it's effective and it's actually going to work. They're talking to their audience, but, you know, they have to also make sure that it's still authentic to the audience. They're not going to do something unless they think it's going to benefit their audience to know this information. So there's a lot of things at play here that you can't create on your own as a brand or it will cost you a whole lot. And still, you will, you'll still have, how are you going to harvest that audience, you know?
2: So is it easy to connect with these influencers? No. Or is it like, oh my goodness, they're so amazing. How will they ever work
1: with me? Well, that's the whole thing. I think the misnomer out there, because influencers do get a bad rap, right? Is that they're, that everybody's an influencer now. And I think that's what the brand like <laughs> right? It's not everybody is an influencer. Everybody's calling themselves an influencer, but that doesn't mean they're an influencer, right? So like Literally, if somebody's a nutritionist and a holistic nutritionist, they have a point of view and they're really good at what they do. That audience will know, you know they they know, right? So they have real, authentic followers. You know, somebody who just says, you know, today I'm going to be this type of influencer. That doesn't mean they're an influencer. They can say that. So I think that's the thing with brands. They have to learn how to figure that out. And and a lot of people who don't know, you know, they're sort of standing on the sidelines. They're not in. They they don't understand the business. They. Those are the people that are saying, you know, influencers are terrible. The business is terrible. If you know the ones who are authentic and who they really are, you know that it's a really, it's very effective for marketing and business, but you need to be able to discern that. So are we looking at Twitter followers? Are we looking at content? Are we, what? how do we know if someone's really influencing people? Uh, you have to look at their engagement rate and you have to understand that they're really talking to their audience and their audience is really responding. And I think there are ways to tell, you know, if you go to anywhere, Instagram, Facebook or whatever, and you go onto a platform that this person has a following, um, you'll see that if they're talking about anything, if they're getting real responses and real questions and it's high engagement, they have real followers. You know, some people, they just have likes and nobody's saying anything or there's really weird neutral comments that don't, that have nothing to do with their posts, then I think, you know, something's wrong.
2: So someone there out there on Twitter has thousands and thousands of followers like I'm an influencer and they're just spewing out content all the time and no one's responding. Well, they might have a huge following, but no one's responding. So that they may not really be influencing anyone's decisions as far as products go. Is that the perception we're going for here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think if you're, if you're actually influential And you have a point of view, you'll either, it doesn't matter what it is, positive or negative, you're influencing people. So, like, you know, Mm -hmm. there are people out there who get a lot of negative comments. That doesn't, I mean, that's, they're still influential. Right.
2: Right. But people who are just crickets, not so much. No. We've heard about influence and marketing for a while. Do you think this trend is growing or is it still going pretty strong?
1: Yeah. It's definitely growing. I think it's going to become, Going to double what it did in 2017. Um, There was a benchmark report that was just recently, that recently came out, and it said that 2019 is going to far surpass 2018. People are starting to realize what it is. I think there's a lot more exposure now, and people are learning about what it actually is and what it entails. I think it's been so new for so long that there's just been a lot of commentary, a lot of noise out there. People, you know, whoever's the loudest, the and biggest complainer is getting the most um, play, I guess, is, or most attention, which is kind of the thing. But, you know, people are quietly doing their campaigns and understanding the process. They're getting a lot out of it. So, and you just have to know who you're choosing. You know, some people say, well, it's some influencers, you know, they, they, I paid them and they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Right. So there's a protocol for that. You don't pay them until they do the work and then you check it out and everybody approves and then you pay them. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's just all these things that people just don't understand about, in general, the process, and uh, that's, and then they complain the loudest that they were cheated or, or defrauded or whatever. So, it, you know, you gotta think about it that way. Well, it sounds
2: very simple and yet very complex at the same time. There's a lot of moving pieces, especially with your more popular influencers. They're busy, and and we're wanting them to. Do content for us, and you have to get over the imposter syndrome of asking them for help because oh, who am I that I would ask this amazing person to represent me? They don't care about who I am unless I'm paying them, right? <laughs> but uh, that do you find that coming into play at all the imposter
1: syndrome part of it? Yes and no. I think the main thing is if you talk to the right influencers who will who will want to do something with your brand because. It resonates with them, you have a better shot because if you reach out to somebody just because you know they're popular, but maybe they don't talk about that particular product or that area. I, I mean if that person's like a fashion influencer and you're asking them to talk about a food product, they're just not gonna do it. you know, or you talk a food product a food influencer and you ask them to talk about a fashion item, they're just not going to do it. It just doesn't work for them, you know. So you really have to look at the audience. And I think most of them started doing this before it became a business for them um, as a passion. So if it's something that's interesting to them, I think they will do it.
2: That makes sense. Because a fashion person isn't going to be influential in this food space anyway.
1: Yeah. And they don't want to do something that's not going to work for their audience. And also, it's going to look unfavorably on them because they couldn't make it go. Now, is this something I could do on
2: my own if I say, hey, you know what, I want to get into influencer marketing. I know some people who I think could really help my brand. What do I do? Can I do this? Is this something to just go for? Just start tweeting people and see what happens or what?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely. Sure. You can do it on your own. Uh, You just have to be super organized. I think what people don't understand is it does take a little time to onboard influencers for campaigns. Or even if it's not a campaign, you just want to get an influencer to do some stuff for you, you know, post for you and write a blog post for you or take a photo. for you. Number one, they're busy. And number two, to look and find the right people to do something for your brand takes time. Unless you don't care, and you just want to give it to 100 people, whoever responds and says yes, then that's a different story. But then that's a waste of your money, time and product anyways, right? So if you have a $30 product, let's just say, and you don't have a real big budget to pay somebody, but you want some influencers to talk about it, I still suggest spending your time targeting them correctly, so they are the same. They have the same target audience as your target customer, and that takes time. You know, to onboard ten or twenty influencers who resemble your target audience,
2: and that's a matter of research and following them and seeing what they're doing,
1: mm-hmm. and then getting in contact with them, and then making sure that they want to do this with you. And sometimes they're busy, or they get twenty or thirty or a hundred emails a day, and they might not get back to you or some of them work full time and do this as a hobby and they don't check their email till Friday afternoon you know so it's a lot of things and then just tra- making sure that they do want to do it and then you have to send them the product and then you have to ask them to do something for you and you have to make sure that they do it the way you want them to do it uh, so it's it's a process and then it and the for the bigger brands when they start paying them and the products cost more or the campaign is more y- where they can pay them then has there's contracts to negotiate there's fees there's compliance There's legal stuff. There's and then FTC rules. No matter what, you give free product or not, you have to make sure they follow the FTC rules.
2: So, what type of budget would someone be looking at for for an influencer marketing campaign?
1: So, if you decide to do it on your own, um, you should make sure that you have a dedicated part time, at least, person to run this campaign for you because it is time consuming and the time the most time consuming parts of this campaign is usually sourcing, finding, targeting the influencers, negotiating with them on what they're going to do, sending them the product, following up with them, making sure they post, you know, making sure they post the correct stuff. Um, And if you're going to pay them, then there's also the the legal stuff that's involved and the, you know, all that and payroll. So it's a process. And so if you're doing it by yourself, make sure you have a part-time person that can manage this. So that's one thing. And then for fees, it really depends on your budget. But I would say if you want to have 10 influencers do something for you and you're a small business, you could probably end up working with an influencer for like $50 to $100 a post. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. But you have to think about the number of followers they have. You might end up with somebody who has a smaller following, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody who might have like, Five thousand followers, or ten thousand followers. But if somebody has twenty or thirty thousand followers, they might want five hundred dollars or a little more, depending on how popular they are and depending on how niche their area is. Also, because some areas that are targeting, um, you know, some brands with target audience might have a smaller. There might not be as many micro influencers or influencers in that field. So, like, let's just say you're a fashion brand and you want to. I've heard do um, dresses or whatever. That's easy. There's like a million fashion influencers out there. But if you have somebody wanting to do like um, like an over 50 women supplement, right, that's a very neat, small micro influencers area. So that influencer might cost a little more because they're in demand because there are not that many of them.
2: But hopefully it would pay off because you'd be speaking to that specific audience who you want to talk to.
1: I think it's completely worth it. Um, coming from my point of view, from what I've seen, because they're producing content for you. They have a target audience. You know, it's exactly who you want to reach. If you're paying them $500 and you pay five of them to do this and they have, they each have an audience of 20,000, you're reaching a hundred thousand people that are, ex- that are following them for that reason. It's probably cheaper than creating your own content for a Facebook ad and more targeted and more authentic. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I would look at it. What advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? What is really important is for entrepreneurs to think about whether or not something like an influencer marketing campaign is worth it or not for them. And if they do do it, to make sure that they plan it correctly, meaning you want to plan it from end to beginning. You know, what is the result that you want to get from this and work backwards? That's what I always say. If you have an end result, like, I want people to go to my website and sign in and make sure they give me their email address. Make sure that that is communicated throughout your campaign that that is what you want to happen. Um, if you want sales to happen, make sure that you put all the triggers in place that your influencers are carrying that thought through to their people. You know, call to actions are really important throughout the campaign. So, Those are things I I think what happens is people get into the doing, you know, just the doing of it. Like We're doing a campaign. We're going to hire these influencers, you know, and they don't really think it through and they don't plan it correctly. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, man, what happened? you are like, well, what were you planning? Like, what did you want from this?
2: Susana, if people want to learn more about you and what you have going on, how can they connect with you
1: online? Go to consulting, which is my website, or I have a URL called the influencer theinfluencermarketingroadmap.com and they can just go there and take a look at what I'm doing. I'm doing an online course for businesses and they can DIY their own influencer marketing campaign from beginning to end. And it comes with videos and worksheets and templates that I've used over the years and I'll keep them organized and they'll run a full campaign by the time they're done with the course in eight weeks. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insight. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And attend my next live webinar, where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.